Good morning. It's good to see everybody. God is moving. And we're seeing amazing things here at the church. And life's changed. And it's exciting. We're growing. It's going to be interesting. Today's like, as, as you keep hearing this, it's our last first service, I guess, or one service. We're going to two next week. So it'll be interesting. Uh, we're going to do a lot of advertising and just give people options now. But that'll be fun to see what happens. It gives you an opportunity if you want to spread out. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm trying to figure out, I'm guessing at this point, is uh, the 9 o'clock service going to be the largest attended or is it going to be the 1030? What do you think? You think 1030? Okay, so you heard it. And if you're watching online, I guess it doesn't concern you, but uh, we're going to live stream at 9 and 10.30, so now you have two choices at home. And uh, if you desire us to kind of spread out a little bit, maybe the 9 o'clock service is the one you want to go to. Amen? All right. I'm just making sure you're awake. Well, listen, our church is growing, and, and this morning we're doing a membership affirmation. Uh, last week, we had six families join the church, and this morning, Judy Wooten, come on up, Judy. There she is. I'll come, up, I'll come down here. Hi, Judy. She's so brave, huh? Well, listen, we do two things. Ju Judy, we do two things. She's making a commitment, that's one. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment just to get to know her, pray for her. But that starts right now. Would you stand to your feet? What we do here at Eagle Ridge Church is when someone has made that decision that, yes, this is my church and I'm plugging in, and then we affirm them into the membership. Uh, so we do that by prayer. And so this is your first opportunity to make your commitment to pray for Judy. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for Judy. And, Lord, we love her, and we just pray a blessing over her life, Lord, that you'd meet all her needs. It's just so exciting this morning that she's made the decision to be a member here at Eagle Ridge Church. And so, as a church body, we affirm Judy Wooten into the membership of Eagle Ridge Church. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Look at all the brothers and sisters I yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> These are all your brothers and sisters. So what I want to do now, kind of old school here, let's meet and greet. Now, listen, you got to read body language. <laughs> Let, what? Now, I don't know if you're watching online, but this is kind of a funny thing. You have to read body language. Some people are like, hey, how are you? Others like, hey, it's good to see you. <laughs> you know? So you need to read body language and respect that. Let's do just a minute or two of meet and greet. Okay, congratulations. Thank you, okay. Pastor. Oh, good news for, good for me. Okay, go ahead and make it back to your seat. 
Well, I can tell you haven't done that in a while. And if you're watching online, we're doing a meet and greet right now. We haven't done it in a while. So everybody's excited about it. I just want to welcome everybody out on the patio. And those, um, we've had some ministry take place with people just pulling into the parking lot. We have, it's 93.3 FM. They can tune in. And uh, we've had some folks that weren't comfortable yet coming onto the campus, but they wanted to be on the campus. They didn't want to come in for whatever reason. And it's just been fascinating, some of the ministry that's taking place out there. And we come to find out about it later and just praying for people and, and being a blessing to them. So lots of options here out on the patio, here in the sanctuary, in your vehicle, on the radio, or at home. So praise God. We're in Romans chapter 15 this morning. And the message is called Jesus the Unifier. Jesus is a unifier. I mean, just look around the room. We, we have different backgrounds, different cultures, and it's Jesus that is the common denominator with all of us. Amen? Amen? That brings us together. And I want you to know it's always been God's plan to pull people together, to unify them in Christ, even throughout the Old Testament, on obviously into the New Testament. It has always been God's intention to bring people together to a place of salvation. And we're starting in Romans chapter 15, verse 8 this morning, where the Apostle Paul, he says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised. And he's talking about to the Jews, those keepers of the law, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. So Paul is kind of hanging out right now into the Old Testament, Old Covenant. And he's making that declaration that, that uh, Christ came for the Jews. But then he goes on to say, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. So Paul begins to cite passages here in Romans 15 from the Old Testament, and, and it really kind of tempers the prejudice between the Christian Jews and the Christian Gentiles. Remember, a Gentile is anybody that's non-Jewish. And so this really brings things together in a unifying way, and, and, and Paul is determined to preach the gospel everywhere he goes to everybody he encounters. And what he's saying is Jesus became a servant to Israel and he took great lengths to do that, to love his people, to bring them salvation. So the primary, primary example here is, is Christ's acceptance to the Jews, but he also accepted the Gentiles. Now this, I, I, I want to be careful using the word accepted because not everyone goes to heaven. Not all roads lead to heaven. The pathway to heaven is through Christ. Jesus said, it, Jesus said it himself. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. I, I know a lot of people would say, that's so narrow-minded of you to say that. And it may be, but it's not what I say. It's what God's Word declares to us. It's what Christ told us. He's the only way to the Father. And so Paul here is, he's quoting four Old Testament scriptures. And, and, and think about it. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Paul, the apostle, he's ministering. 
And it's not like he can turn to, hey, let's, let's turn to Ephesians right now. The, these books and epistles were being written at the time. The scriptures that Paul was preaching from were the Old Testament scriptures. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. And, and so he's quoting these Old Testament scriptures, which predicted that the Gentiles, non-Jews, would respond to the gospel. And it's so important. What a, what a great segue into the next two weeks, because next the next two weeks are what we're going to uh, focus on Christmas and the Christmas message of the birth, birth of Christ. And so now verse 10 of Romans 15 says, and again it, it is said, and he's quoting from Isaiah, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. Let all the people, all the people, can you say all? All, all the people exalt, extol the Lord. And so my first point this morning is this, the truth of God's word gives hope. Man, I don't know how you can go through half the things we go through in life without having the hope of Christ in our life. I mean, life is difficult. Life's a challenge. The things that we encounter each and every day, and without Christ, I don't know how people navigate through the loss of a loved one, through a health crisis, through a job loss, through a pandemic. I mean, just to name a few, without Christ, without that hope. But here's the blessing. We have the hope of Jesus Christ. And God can get us through any situation, any situation. The truth of God's word gives hope. I love God's word. I, I've told you that many, many times. I love God's word. Whether you bring it up on your smartphone or you have a Bible or Bibles, I just love God's Word. The access that we have to God's Word, it's phenomenal. And it nourishes us, and it encourages us, and it's, it has application for life. So Paul's message is that the gospel is for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles, it's for you and I. And the ultimate result is that there's hope. The word gospel means good news. And the good news is that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. He took on our sin, past, present, and future. A lot of people struggle, even Christians, struggle with, the, with um, feelings of feeling unworthy, that they, they probably shouldn't be involved in ministry because of past sins. And a lot of people struggle with feeling feelings of unworthiness, not being capable. And yet, in Christ, we've been forgiven from the past. Listen, I want to just tell you and be straight with you right now, if I can, may I? It's the enemy. It's the devil who would put you down, push you down, and keep you from doing the things that God would want you to do, to make you feel like a loser, a blow-it, a failure. That's the enemy. In Christ, Christ strengthens us. And when we're walking in God's will, we understand what Christ has done for us. And we're able to do the things that we might not have been able to do in the past because the Holy Spirit empowers us to do and say the things that need to be said and done. Amen? And so 
we have hope in God's word, hope in the gospel, hope in Jesus Christ. Verse 12 says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come even who, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. And so Paul's establishing once again that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody. Not everyone is going to accept it. God has called those who will receive. We can't comprehend that. Well, who's going to be a Christian and who's not? We can't really comprehend that. That's God's business. What I've told people when we talk about election, I, I, I choose to elect everybody. I don't know who's going to get saved or who's, who God has planned to be saved, but I choose to elect everybody in the sense of I'm going to tell everybody the gospel. I'm not going to sit and look at a, an audience or a meeting that I would be teaching and preaching at and say, you know what, I'm going to share the gospel with those three because they look like they might get saved, but those others, I, I, I'm not going to talk to them about the Lord. I choose to elect everybody to tell the gospel to. So this word accept is an interesting word. How did Christ accept you and me? Well, listen, he accepted us with our many, can you say many? Many sins, prejudices, all our blind spots. Christ has accepted that. He accepted us with our psychological shortcomings. I know nobody here has those. Right? He accepted us with our cultural trappings. I remember this was years ago. I'm with my pastor. I was a music minister at the time. I'm in the car. And oh, yes, I was a music minister. And uh, that explains a lot, right? I'm sorry, Sean. We're in the car driving down the road, and there was a guy standing on the corner with really long hair and a beard. And he goes, you know what? That's what happens when you don't put Christ first. And I looked at him because I had just cut my ponytail off. <laughs> I looked at him. Oh, yes, I did. I kept it in a Ziploc bag for a long time. <laughs> my wife finally made me get rid of it. I don't know why I kept it. It's not like I was going to pit it on the back of my 10-speed. I don't know. But he looked, he said, that's what happens when someone hasn't given their heart to Jesus. I said, I looked, I said, what? That guy's probably a worship leader at one of the churches, you know, around here. <laughs> Jesus has even accepted our stubbornness. And this is how we ought to accept each other. I mean, it's not like you've got to put on a suit and a tie to come clean before the Lord or to come into the presence of God. It's come as you are. And so if we come as we are, that means we're coming as sinners. We're coming as people that are stubborn. We're coming to the Lord as, with peop as people with issues and stuff, whatever that stuff is. 
right? And so, isn't that, if Jesus accepts us in that capacity, in those capacities, should we not accept one another? Here we go. Believers are called to accept one another. Proslambano. Can you say that? Proslambano. You're speaking Greek now. It means to accept. It carries that meaning of receiving something or someone to oneself with special concern. It means you're truly, sincerely concerned for someone. And Paul used this word twice in Romans 14, referring to believers accepting one another with love, without reservation. And, and we're commended to accept one another. Believers, Paul's talking about fellow believers as Christ has accepted us. We accept others as Christ. We don't, it doesn't mean we endorse what they're doing. Do you know the difference? You just love on people. It's not an endorsement. If they're in sin, but you love on them. You let the Holy Spirit minister to their heart and work out the conviction of sin. We accept, just as Christ has accepted us. Last week I asked a question, if you knew, if, if, if you knew you had 24 hours to live, How would that change you? How would that change you? What would you do? I doubt if you'd sit home in a recliner and watch Bonanza reruns <laughs> or Star Trek, right? If you only had 24 hours, it'd be interesting. It would be interesting what you would do. God has given us let me say it this way. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when the end is, the time of the end, as the Bible refers to it. We don't know that. It may be in a minute. It may be in a week. could be in two weeks. could be in a year. could be we don't know. But we live our life for the Lord, to the best of our ability. Isn't that right? But while we're here, and I say that, while we're here on earth, and we're only here a short time, those of you who are over 60, 60 is the new 40, right? Please, someone tell me that. <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you over 60, you realize, I mean, time flies. Here's what happened. Yesterday we had a men's breakfast, and I've got to tell you, we have some of the most amazing people that serve at this church. Matt Sentak did a breakfast that was just phenomenal. We had 65 men here yesterday. The speaker was just awesome. We had uh, Mo Sanchez, Randy Carlson, Mike Reeder. I mean, these guys are so faithful. 
And then the night before that, I mean, it's just been a crazy week of ministry. We did the gingerbread bash. And it was a focus. Instead of making gingerbread homes, they made gingerbread nativity scenes. The place was packed. And I was going around that I didn't make one. But I was going around the tables just introducing myself, talking to people. And, and we had new people here. And I remember one table had, had these young girls. And I said, oh, that looks so good. And she looks up at me. I don't know how old she was. She goes, I've been planning this for weeks. <laughs> I've been planning this for weeks. She had in her mind a plan of how to make that nativity scene, the manger with G baby Jesus. And Kristen Sanchez is a rock star. She's our children's ministry director. Amen. <laughs> I just love it. So. I, I told the guys yesterday at the, it, it, we just had such a great time, but I said, I've got to sneak out of here like right at 9.30 because I've got to go to a funeral back in my hometown in L.A. And, and so I did. I snuck out of here. I got in my car. I started dri driving. And, and then when the funeral was over, um, in fact, it was at the church that Catherine and I were married at. And, it, and I hadn't been there in, well, let's see, how long have we been married? <laughs> You know, it's been over 40 years since I've been, yeah, 40 years since I've been to that church. And in my mind, and I was so young when I got married, but when I was in, in the church, I, I, I uh, yeah, I was like three years old. And um, so I'm in the church and I'm like, wow, this church is, I, I thought this church was huge and the campus was huge. You know, when you're young, everything is big, right? And I'm sitting there and I was like, this church ain't that big. You know, and but what I did is when the funeral was over, I, I got nostalgic. Have you ever been, been nostalgic? I thought, you know, I'm going to drive by the old neighborhood, you know, and see the old house that I grew up in. And, and so I drove down the neighborhood and what did it turn into a ghetto or, you know, they kept it up and stuff. It looked pretty decent. So I took some pictures of the old house and then uh, I pulled over and went into a home that had still had a family that I remember and talked with them a little bit and stuff. But I just, I got nostalgic about that. And I think what we can do when we're talking to people and connecting with people is we can get nostalgic. We can say, you know, I am so glad. I'm, I'm just so grateful that, that so-and-so introduced me to Christ. Or, or, or someone invited me to this church, and I, I heard the gospel for the first time. I heard the gospel for the first time. I came out of the Catholic church, and, and I remember the first time I went to a non-Catholic church. It was like I walked in. It's like, you know, <laughs> wow, this is not, where's, you know, it didn't have all the trappings that I was used to. I grew up in the Catholic church, and, and I wasn't sure, okay, is this okay that I go here? And, uh, but, you know, it's okay to be nostalgic and tell people, you know, God really touched my life. What a great season to do, to do that. The gospel is for everybody. Amen? Amen? So your neighbor, the gospel's for them. And you need to tell them. And it's, you can be creative in, uh, in how you communicate that. Now, I'm going to put, uh, put it in high speed right now because... The rest of chapter 15 just fits that way. 
And um, before I do that, I want to read to you John chapter 15. Jesus was committed to us being unified. John 17 says, when Jesus had spoken these words, and I'm just going to read it to you. I don't have it on the screen. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, and this is what's called the high priestly prayer. This is what Jesus prayed. Listen to what he prayed. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you've given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, have accomplished the work that you gave me to do, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I have with you before the world existed. So right there, Jesus is communicating that he's always been, right? He's not a created being. He was part of that process of creation right there in verse 5 of John 17. And then he says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. They have come to know that in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I know it's a long chapter, but it's so powerful. I am praying for them. And I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. All mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I'm glorified in them and am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. We see the Trinity there, right? While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Talking about Judas. Now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, which means to make them holy. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. Now we see that this beautiful priestly prayer of Jesus where we see the protection of the Lord. We see those who he's called to his name. And then he says, I do not ask for these only, but as for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. You hear that? That you may be one, even as 
we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I've made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Christ has called us to this place of love. In his priestly prayer, he prayed for us to be unified in love, in him, and it's just a beautiful passage that God has called us to. Paul says in Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Hope comes through Christ. It's legitimized and, and carried out through the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts as we read the word, as God fills us with his presence. We have hope. In a few weeks, we celebrate that hope, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bring salvation, to bring reason for living. You don't just are born, live life, die, and, and then you're obliterated into nothingness. You're not reincarnated. It's been appointed to man to live, then to die. You have one life. But that life can be a life that's forever. Eternity into heaven. I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ this morning. I want to give you an opportunity, if you're not serving the Lord the way you should, if, if you've distanced yourself from God, or God seems to have distanced himself from you, that's just a feeling. God has not distanced himself from you. He's available right now. I want to give you an opportunity, if you're watching online or out on the patio, to give your heart to Jesus Christ. If you do that today, you will celebrate Christmas like you've never celebrated before. Here's the benefit, the blessing. When you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you live for him, it's more than just a magical prayer. It's not a magical prayer. It's a conversion that must take place where you say, God, I'm going to live for you. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross, rose from the grave, and, and now I make you my Lord and Savior. It's that acknowledgement and that belief and that confession with the mouth. And everything changes. You don't have to walk in the guilt of the past anymore. You can walk 
in newness of life. Here's the cool thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. If you can uh, understand what Christ has done, if you're at that age, whether you're young or old, and you understand what Christ has done, you can acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior and live for him. Let's do that right now. Would you bow your heads wherever you're at? Father, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for your word, the power of your word, the encouragement from your word, Lord. And God, I thank you for new beginnings. And this morning is going to be new beginnings for many people. And so, Lord, I lift up the individuals this morning that are here who have never asked They've never asked you, Jesus, to be their Lord and Savior in prayer. They've never believed in their heart, Jesus, you are God. And you sacrificed your life. And you rose from the grave to give me life. Lord, I lift up those this morning who would rededicate their life to you. Maybe they've walked away for whatever reason. Today's the day for new beginnings. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I'd like everyone to pray it out loud. If you're watching online, as uncomfortable as that might be to pray a prayer, there might be somebody cooking in the kitchen right now, that's okay. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again on the third day. I now ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I rededicate my life to the Lord today, right here, right now. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, listen, if you gave your heart to Jesus or you rededicated your life to the Lord, I want you to do something. Fill out a connection card if you're here. There's a couple of ways you can do that. There's hard cards on all the tables out in the uh, lobby, back of the church, out in the patio. Or you can text the word pray. If you pray to receive Christ or you rededicated your life to the Lord, you can text the word pray to the number that you see on the screen right now. And that way, I want to continue to encourage you in your spiritual journey. Would you please stand to your feet? Next week, we have a Christmas message. The kids are going to be singing Christmas songs. They're going to come up and do a special presentation. You won't want to miss that. Then we have our Christmas Eve service. And then the day after Christmas is another Christmas service. So it's Christmas all month long. Praise God. Let me pray, and then when the praise team's going to close us in a song. Father, I thank you for each person here. Lord, I thank you that we can gather and worship you. Lord, we thank you for the life and the love that you give us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.